0: If you want to tie it closest to value, it's like do the work to go connect with your sales team, and as a marketer, get into your sales CRM and say, "Hey, we have this category. Look, we've got the 500. These are our target accounts. We don't have any relationships with them. Our sales team has not gotten a meeting with these people yet. Okay, like that could be a target for interviews."
1: Welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. Join your host, Dots Oyobulu, as he learns from CMOs, seasoned marketers, and agency owners about the state of marketing, strategic marketing insights, and actionable steps for growth. Connect the dots and enjoy the latest episode. This episode is brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. If you're a business needing content promotion, podcast campaign production, or are looking to build effective B2B marketing strategies, Dots is here to offer you ultimate marketing leadership and expertise. Find out more at www.dotslovesmarketing.com.
2: This is Dots, and welcome to the Marketing Leadership Podcast. With me here is Jake Jogovan, founder of Content Allies, and we will be talking about B2B podcast
0: campaign attribution. I know you guys are ready, so let's get into it. Welcome, Jake. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here, Dots. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Same here as well. Could you tell us a bit about yourself,
2: you know, your background, your role and why you are so obsessed with
0: podcasts? Yeah. So I'm Jake Jorgovin. I'm the CEO and founder of Content Allies, which is our, I'd say, one of the top B2B podcast agencies in the space. We produce podcasts for Meta, Alibaba, Cisco, Siemens, quite a few different companies. And then also co-founder at Listen Network, which is a ads platform that is specifically drives downloads to podcasts, so not just any downloads, but it's targeted B2B downloads as well with targeting there. So that's kind of the main two things that I'm doing at the moment. And in terms of how I got into this, I've been podcasting I believe for about 11, 12 years now, and I was always doing it as a way to kind of grow my business as a way to learn it and build things. And over time, I built a lot of expertise in there. And at some point, I just kept telling everyone I knew, start a podcast. It's one of the best marketing things you can do. Start a podcast, start a podcast. And eventually I was like, why don't I just create something to help them all start a podcast? And that's how I dove into you know really focusing content analysis on B2B podcasting. And we've just grown a ton since then.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I was going to give you a follow-up question, but you just answered it right there in terms of businesses and enterprises, noticing the value of the podcast. And they're like, we got to start this, we got to start this. As of today, we have a different problem. Now we started the podcast. How do we attribute it to growth? Should we keep this going? Should we stop it? Do we need someone to give us visibility on how this is adding value? And so on and so forth. So many of our listeners here, just as good as I am, as to how we can get true attribution and don't get me wrong. I recognize the fact that it's not easy, but I'm very sure that with your experience and your expertise, we could gain a lot of wisdom with regards to this. So I'll go right into it. Given the economic situation we have, and we can't stress that enough, it seems some of the KPIs of podcast around downloads and listens don't give as much weight as we initially thought and especially when you're presenting to your boss or you're presenting to management and things like that. So I would like you to shed some light on that. Why is that? Why is the fact that things like downloads or subscribers or some of those, now they call vanity metrics are not as important as it is. And the fact that we probably need more in terms of attribution for podcast campaigns.
0: Yeah. So one of the ways I like to look at this, and I always like to say that podcasting is the new blogging. And so if you think about the whole HubSpot boom in the early 2000s, like 2005, 2007, when everyone was reading HubSpot eBooks and learning about digital marketing, if you look at it then, like it was just people were pouring into content marketing and into blog writing and blog posts because it was like the thing to do. But there was not a whole lot of attribution still at that point in time. And it honestly took a while for the whole market to become sophisticated enough to understand that if you install Google Analytics properly, or you use HubSpot, or you use, you know, Pardot or Marketo, or use any of these tools properly, you can actually track someone who saw a blog post and then filled out a contact form, and then they actually converted into revenue. And so it took a long time for people to go from, oh, we should blog, that's the thing we should do as companies, to, oh, we can actually blog and attribute this to revenue. And I think we're in that similar phase right now with B2B podcasting, where people are saying, hey, yeah, we should be podcasting, we should be podcasting, but most people are still really immature with it. They're just podcasting and then they're getting some metrics and they have no way to show value or no way to show that this is driving results for the business. And so this is a challenge that is in some level at a business standpoint of figuring out how to drive it toward value. And there's also some challenges in terms of technology, and we're working on another new business now that is going to be really focused all around the technology of this attribution and driving that all the way down the funnel and essentially you know, doing what HubSpot did for blogging, trying to do that for B2B podcasting. So that's a journey we're going down. But I think at the moment, what you have is just a lot of high-level metrics. It's better than nothing. But I think marketers are starting to get frustrated where they show this to their management or their CEOs or their leadership. And it's like, cool, is that good? Is that not good? So there's some level of education around benchmarks, what is good. But there's also some level of like, how do we actually get this in closer tie toward revenue? And I think that's what we're going to be discussing a lot today is how do you actually, as a marketer, show the value of a B2B podcast? And that's the real challenge everyone is facing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for us listeners, the key lesson there is podcasting is the new blogging. And that's just because of the changes in you know consumer behavior in the past, say, two, three years. Everybody's busy nowadays, right? And they are listening to a podcast while they are doing something else, whether it's work, play, or both. But even that, with that experience, it's important for marketers to think about better ways of attribution. So as to continue to deliver commercial value for whether it's you your business or if you run an agency, whether it's for your clients and so on and so forth. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Okay. So I will go into the next one here. Now with, through this episode, we are ready to empower marketers to give their kings and queens what they want <laughs> with regards to attribution and insights and things like that, and showing value through a podcast campaign. What do you think are the key ingredients for a successful, you know, B2B podcast campaign attribution? What do you think at a conceptual level, at a very high level, what do you think are some of the most important ingredients? And it's okay if you want to spend some extra time on this. This is really the meat of the matter.
0: Yeah. So I think the first key ingredient, which everything kind of is derived from, is ultimately, you know, what is your objective? So I think a lot of people, like I said, are just diving into podcasts without... A clear objective of how it's going to deliver value and they're just starting it and they don't have that plan of action from the beginning so i think that that's step number one and i'll give you what some kind of objectives are and we can dive deeper Mm -hmm. into those but that is the first kind of key thing is that i think a lot of people are just like ah start a podcast thought leadership like that's the easy thing that everybody goes to and that's also an easy thing to cut when budgets are tight and so i'll share kind of the two ways there's a third kind of tangential one out there but the two main ways that we're seeing podcasts be used is one is what we call account-based marketing podcasting, where you're essentially interviewing your target customers, your strategic partners, people that you want to do business with, or could be existing customers that you're trying to strengthen relationships with, or maybe grow those accounts. So that's one. And so it's creating a show that lets you have conversations with the people that you want to speak to. The second one is what I would call more in lines of a branded podcast, This would be when a company tends to get more into the enterprise level. I would say comp-based marketing or ABM podcasting is much more focused at that startup, even small business, mid-market. And there's some levels of aspects of that strategy that are still effective at enterprise. But I think as you get to enterprise, you start looking at, okay, branded content and where it shifts from being about the person you're interviewing in that relationship toward really the content that you're putting out there and the impact that that content is going to have. And so at that point, you start to shift from looking at it in the lens of the relationships and the particular people that we're talking to. You start shifting that toward, okay, what are the KPIs on how many downloads we have? How many listens we have? Who is listening? There's a lot of additional analytics tools that are out there and emerging on the market that gives you a lot deeper insights than your podcast hosting company does and tell you what companies are listening. You can even go all the way into the depth of tracking that into your CRM if people that are in your CRM are listening to the podcast. And so at that enterprise level, your show strategy really shifts toward creating valuable content for your audience and then really trying to do as much analytics, attribution, and tracking on that to really showcase that ROI down the line. And so that's the high level. Happy to dive into those two strategies in more depth. But yeah, account-based marketing, where the ROI really comes from the relationships of people you build on the show, well, the people that you interview with, and then branded where the value really comes from the content, who's viewing it, but also then making sure that you have very deep analytics, that you're using some of the newest tools and tracking that all the way down to the CRM level.
2: Absolutely. And of course, I'd like to dive into that with a little bit further. I have my own thoughts, which I think is representative for many of our listeners here. Now, the key lesson for me here is if you are a small or mid-sized business, then you might be looking at the account-based marketing model. If you are an enterprise, you might be looking at the branded podcast model. But even at these stages, I think there are a couple of realistic expectations to set. And I'll start with the enterprise. Now I know they like branded podcasts, but they are also addicted to in today's age, you know, getting commercial value. So, what do you think is the influence of a podcast in driving product adoption or driving signups? If we are looking at a SaaS enterprise company, for example, what do you think is the role of podcast in that regard?
0: Yeah. So what I would say is, in that sense, there where it becomes very valuable in that. And one way you can kind of look at these branded podcasts is, you know, that you can put that into thought leadership. And so branded can have different tracks where you could just say, hey, let's talk about the trends in AI in our industry and put out thought leadership content. The other thing you can kind of really do with those is you can make that branded also somewhat of a sales enablement tool where you could say, hey, you know, this is where we put out content around podcast attribution. We put out content around some of the biggest problems that our customers are facing because this ultimately helps our customers like, adopt our services, it helps them have more confidence, it helps our team members, our customers ultimately sell this within their organization. So I think a large way that enterprises can use podcasting is as a way to really educate their customer base. We have a great customer that is in the commercial real estate space, and they'll dive into a lot of these podcasts around new emerging sustainable technologies how people are thinking about this and like, it's a way to educate customers. Hey, this is a new way of doing things. Like it's, and like, you know, you've been doing things the wrong way for a long time or this old way. And now there's new technology. Look at this, look at what's possible here. And so I think, where I see a lot of enterprise value on that is how do we create this podcast to create content that's going to then educate our customers, to take them through a very like a large high level kind of flow. And then from there, it's looking at, okay, how do we get this out there to them? One of the best ways we see for enterprises to utilize podcasts is if they can get that out to any sort of newsletters. Extremely, extremely valuable because like that is one of the highest converting ways we see enterprises get downloads on their podcasts, newsletters. It's just like you get a newsletter out, you're going to see a huge spike in downloads. Social media is an obvious one, but it honestly, it doesn't convert nearly as well as newsletters. And so that's, you know, another aspect of it. But some of the other really interesting plays we've seen with enterprise podcasting is when you start to, instead of looking at podcasting as, hey, I need to get recurring listeners that are come back and are super excited for every episode. I think that's like a box a lot of people just immediately put B2B podcasting in. And I think some of our more successful clients look at each episode as a marketing campaign. And it's like, okay, there's going to be an objective for this episode, and we're going to do these particular promotion things with that episode and pair with these departments and these people. And that's going to be kind of like the way we approach each episode. And I love that approach because there's so many just really creative examples you can get. We had one where we partnered. And we did a prep episode for an upcoming conference. You know, there was going to be a huge conference, but that one of our customers was putting on with one of their biggest partners. We did this episode, launched it, promoted it, tagged on to all this promotion and all this hype around the event. And it becomes this other asset that's part of that campaign. Another really cool example this was one of my favorite ones. We did one where there was a really difficult position to staff at this company. And, you know, it was a, particularly as a solutions engineer was the position that they were struggling to staff for. And the way this company approached that role was different than the way a lot of other people in the industry approached it. And so people would have these kind of misconceptions around it. They would say, oh, I don't want that. That's not the kind of role. And so we did an episode on what it means to be a solutions engineer at this company and basically gave that as an asset to the recruiting team. And we interviewed about like six or seven different solutions engineers at that company, asked them about their experience, their career trajectory, their journey, and now this is an asset for the recruiting team to use. And what's cool is we just consistently every I mean, that episode's like a year and a half old, and they're still using it. Where you're seeing steady downloads on that episode because it's not going out in mass volumes. It's not like people, the returning listeners are excited to listen to that one over and over. But the recruiting team now has a really great marketing asset that I think is really great in a podcast format to give a potential candidate that can listen to it while they're on the go and ultimately like indoctrinate them to wanna take that position at a company. And so that kind of idea of enterprises, like using it toward a campaign, using it in that sense, like that is just something that I'm a huge believer of. And I think it's a really great way to think about and approach B2B podcasting at an enterprise level.
2: I completely agree with you, Jake. And you know, for us marketers listening, I think there is a lot of responsibility on our end to be able to be more strategic, right? Like extremely strategic about approaching podcast initiatives. Because once you tie it into the campaign, like Jake has said, then there is a purpose to it. And that purpose is easily recognizable by leadership when you are trying to justify attribution and so on and so forth. So that's beautiful. Now let's go to the other side of it, which is the small and the mid-sized sectors or businesses. I have two questions for this and it could affect either of them. The first one is, what should be leadership's expectations when it comes to waiting for ROI on account-based marketing podcasts, for example? Because as you know, startups are always on the fly, right? I can't wait. Is it working? Is it mm-hmm. not working? You know, they're just like, it's always, they're just rushing through everything. And that's the first question. The second question is, For some mid-sized companies, do you think it will be profitable to support their podcast initiatives with other channels, aside from email? And if, yes, what are those potential channels? I know you spoke about emails and articles, but what are some of the other potential channels especially for the mid-sized guys who want to up-level their podcast for some other objective, whether it's top leadership or just driving industry, being the go-to in that industry?
0: Yeah, so on the first question they're really focused around how long should a small mid sized business or a startup, how long should they be approaching podcasts and expected to see revenue. Yeah. General frame, I would say I think a year is a good time frame to put into that. A year with that minimum publishing twice monthly. So that gives you essentially twenty six or more episodes that you can are gonna push out over the course of a year. If you can go weekly, it's gonna even better increase your chances of this. So the way we look at this is that like, if you're a small to mid-sized business and you're wanting to drive ROI from your podcast, really, again, we hit on the strategy at the beginning, but the strategy for small and mid-sized businesses is you're probably not going to get a ton of ROI from the listeners of the content. And this is one of the biggest mistakes I see small businesses do. They'll go in and they just focus on a thought leadership podcast, and they don't have a massive audience to distribute that to. They're not like established thought leaders, and it's so, like they get this podcast out there. It's getting like not that many downloads, and it's not really doing much for their business. Uh, I've seen this over and over again, and they end up getting cut. And like that's kind of what happens. And so the B2B podcast that's like, small business startups that I think are work well is when it, we go that account-based marketing route. And so instead of making the show about you and about your expertise and what your company is great at, you make the show about the persona that you're going after. So one of our customers, he is basically a consultant and talent acquisition software. And he doesn't make a podcast about talent acquisition software. He makes a podcast called like Talent Acquisition Leaders. And he then goes out and interviews his basically ideal customers who are like, you know, VPs or heads of talent acquisition at companies. And it's that exact frame where it's like, what are you doing? And let's go ahead and level up from that. And let's make the show about essentially your target customer. And so exactly on this work with the B2B podcasting, you're not making a show about B2B podcasting, you're making a show about marketing leadership and talking to marketers. Like that's a great example. A use case of it is about building relationships. You still build great content at the same time, but ultimately it's going to help you grow and build your network. And so with that, then if you think about this, if you do ultimately every other week, or if you do weekly shows, you're going to have 52 conversations over the course of a year. I think that's a phenomenal goal to aim at. For small, mid-sized businesses, if you can't do weekly, go to every other week. But ultimately, the more conversations, the better chance something's going to happen. Because if you think about this, it's like if you had coffee with one of your potential customers every week, just like a casual coffee, wasn't even trying to sell them or something, some people are going to be like, hey, I like what you do. This is interesting. This fits a need we have. Let's talk for more. And so the way we look at this is, and we'll often tell our customers to do, is it's like, okay, let's do this for a year. Build a list of every single customer that, or every single person you interview, whether it's a customer or a strategic partner or anything like that, or a prospective customer. And let's just take notes on like what actions happen with that person after this. And it's really simple. Like if this is like such a great way, where it's like, hey, and at the end of the year, you're, like, hey, here's fifty two episodes. These people, they inquired, they actually, they followed up and we had a second call with them. They took a sales demo or something like this, or they had a potential project. We had one of our customers, you know, they're 20 episodes in, they haven't gotten revenue from it, but they said, hey, like we had two proposals that went out because of this. It's like, okay, that is attribution toward value. We had another one where it was, okay, we've done 13 episodes, episode 11. They signed a partnership agreement. We're moving toward our actual like kind of partnership integration with them. And so like that is kind of like the simple way, I think, for small and medium-sized businesses is to simply just keep track of that. And it's really weird. It's organic. It's not like you can just track a click through. It's almost like sales in that sense, but you're creating like almost a CRM of these are all the people we've interviewed and these are the actions that came out of it. Or someone, you know, maybe you interview someone and they say, hey, you know, this isn't right for us, but I know someone else who's really interested in what you guys are doing and they refer you over. This is kind of how I ultimately did attribution whenever I was doing even my own podcast like for years ago. And I was finding that I was getting like 40% of people I interviewed were turning into some level of revenue, whether that was a referral or they became a customer. Now, that's crazy high, and it's, I wouldn't set that expectation for everything else. But I would say even today, most of our customers are hitting somewhere in that like 5 to 10% leads to some sort of opportunity. So if you do 50 interviews over the course of a year, you're probably going to have two, three, four, five, six, maybe we've had one of our customers had, I think like eight came out of his first if 50 interviews that were opportunities that came out of it. And that I think is the best way that like a small mid-sized business can show ROI. You can do all the metrics, you can do all the same tracking you would do at the branding level. But at that small, medium-sized business, like that is likely what is going to move the needle and show the attribution whenever you're able to say, hey, we did 50 interviews. We invested this much over the year, but look, we had three deals that came out of the guests. Like that is kind of the key way that I would look at attribution for small to mid-sized companies there.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And then the second question in terms of the extra growth channels that could be used to support an existing podcast initiative, aside from articles and email.
0: Yeah. So email, social media, easy, low-hanging fruit, getting that on your website, These other tactics will very much depend. I would say these are almost always a good idea at the branded level, and sometimes a good idea at the SMB level depends really on budget, what's available there. But one of the best ones that I think is out there is definitely the ads channels in terms of driving downloads. And so when I say this, well, we've seen people pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into ads for LinkedIn, which if you're going to put ads toward a podcast to do it through a traditional message. Method for B2B. LinkedIn is probably your best, but it's still going to be pretty pricey. You're going to be looking at seven to like $10 to get someone to just click onto your podcast. That's not even saying that they actually listen to it. That's just someone to click it. And the other thing we've seen people put money in, don't like just if you're in B2B, do not put money into Spotify ads. Like it is the targeting is awful. Don't do it. And we've seen some people do like kind of ads for on other shows, things like that. Generally, my take on if you're going to buy ad space on other podcasts or audio ads at all for your business, you should probably do that as a branded thing, as a call to action toward like a demo. You shouldn't buy ads to promote your podcast. You shouldn't buy audio ads to promote your podcast. So like a lot of the traditional mechanisms for ads, I just don't think convert well to getting more podcast listeners. We do with Listen Network, the ad tech that we've built there, It is a particular ads channel that is focused and optimized around getting like International Association of Broadcasting standards for downloads. So basically, this ad unit is going to be essentially a banner ad that runs on a website. Someone clicks on that, and then it's going to track and make sure that they listen to at least 60 seconds of the episode. So kind of the key summary I'm saying is, if you're going to do ads, use technology specifically meant to drive downloads for ads. Don't pour it into traditional advertising methods because that is just a recipe for a lot of wasted money in that sense there. So reach out to us at Listen Network if you're wanting to do ads to grow the podcast.
2: Again, listeners and viewers, Jake is making a very big claim yet. So Spotify, if you're listening, <laughs> you listen to that. But just to reiterate what he's saying, the way traditional audio ads work is that sometimes you have like a dynamic, say, sponsor blog or ads placement within an existing podcast video. And the reason why that's not as foolproof as many marketers if you're any those who are following me here is because I'm listening to this podcast, I'm on my smart speaker, I'm washing the plates or something like that. The ad just plays and I don't really do anything because it plays, I continue with the podcast. But the kind of model that Jake is talking about brings in purpose to it. Again, back to strategy, right? Which when there's strategy, when there's purpose, then you can drive value, you can drive attribution. And that is why with some of those ad tech model, for example, is where you go into the, you listen, you come across the podcast as you're searching for, say, related content, and then you click into that to listen. Right there, within that experience, you are in work mode, you are in referral mode, you are in vendor searching mode, you are in sales mode. At that point, you listen, and then there is that call to action that you can take that is, in some cases, within the ad itself. So, I listened to this. I enjoyed this. I would like to learn more. I click through and the funnel, you know, continues from there. So, it's very important to note what the differences are. Again, not to say don't use Spotify podcast at all. But when you really want to do attribution, then you really need to prioritize the most important aspect. You want to focus on what's important to you. What is the biggest thing that would grant the commercial value that you want? And that's, thank you so much, Jade, for really breaking that down. It's really, really awesome. If you've got some extra thoughts then you can go
0: ahead. Yeah, I'll summarize that. I think the key thing is like, if you go buy ads on another podcast or you go buy Spotify ads, you're getting brand awareness, but like, you're going to, you're not, it's not going to hit your attribution problem. It's in fact, it's going to look like a horrible failure. Because you're like, there's just hardly any link tracking. They're kind of trying to do stuff, but it still doesn't work well. And so if you do this where you're paying for a verified play, which is what we do with Listen Network, it's like you see the metrics, you saw impressions, you saw how many people click the ad, you saw how many people listened to 60 seconds, you saw how many people then clicked your call to action for a demo or something after that. You get actual metrics with your ads. And that is something that if you go and you sponsor NPR, you go sponsor other big podcasts, like you just don't get that. You're just throwing your money out there in brand awareness campaigns. And it's not something I would recommend. So that's kind of what I'll send the ads. The other channel that I think is really interesting for B2B companies to look at is utilizing and combining their podcast with their SEO strategy. And so this is the other channel that I think there's a lot of opportunity with. And so the way I look at this is basically everyone with Google content There's a lot of tools out there that will help you kind of create an outline for your post, but there is some level, it's typically top of the funnel content that is just not ideal to be answered in an article. You know, some questions are just really hard to hit on with articles. And so this is where I think looking at your SEO strategy and just like looking at what are topics, what are keywords we want to hit, that might be better in a podcast format than an article. And then what you do is you create an episode around that you create an audio episode, you create a video episode and then you also create an article that is answering that Google query And so this works really well at like high level app t- pieces of the funnel. So if you look at this like you know we're talking about podcast attribution someone, read this, but this is a pretty big topic. Like it's going to be hard for me. It's going to be really long, (laughs) long, long written content for me to try to explain everything I'm doing here, talking about on this episode in a written format. And if you have some things here, like some examples would be like episodes around, if you're like looking to try to hit something around culture or best practices, there's SEO content. It's not going to be like a top X, Y, Z solutions in the industry. You're not going to do those solution keywords. But those keywords that are kind of like trending topics in your industry, they're like buzzwords or it's like how AI impacts XYZ industry. Those are things that a podcast is a better answer to Google's query than a written article. And so that is, I think, a really interesting strategy to go toward with podcasts is to like align with your SEO team and say, hey, this is the idea, like high level conceptual content. Where can a podcast better answer Google's query than a written article? And bring that to your SEO team. And they're probably going to say, hey, these are a few, like we just haven't written for them, but they're good. It's top of the funnel content. And that's the things where you then create an episode. You embed that episode on the page, you link off to your podcast, but you also create the written article that summarizes the episode and ultimately drives someone to listen. But that is, I think, another just strategy that we're not seeing enough people use, but it's really just about aligning with your SEO team or working with an agency like Katzenal is where we ultimately do that SEO strategy with you as well. And really just trying to drive that because what's so interesting is like, if you can get that to work, you know, paid ads, you pay budget, you get people onto the show, and then some level of those will retain as subscribers. If you get SEO things working and hey, that term has 500 to 1,000 hits a month, that is 500 to 1,000 hits every month. That's now going to be coming to that podcast, coming to your website, You can track to see if, you know, there's call to actions on that podcast landing page. Do people then click off to a demo? You can do all your basic web analytics on there and all of the tracking that your SEO team probably already does around a lot of their SEO content and funnel that toward value. And so that's, again, another just really phenomenal way this can be used at the SMB level or at the enterprise level. But it's look for top of the funnel conceptual keywords, build podcast content around that, repurpose that into a great SEO-optimized piece on your website, and then do all of the optimization and tracking you can around that to show ROI and attribution. So that's the other play that I think is just a really phenomenal angle to go down.
2: Well, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, guys, if you're listening here. And I'm taking notes myself. You probably don't see or hear me do that, but it's incredibly valuable information. I think some of the things Jake is mentioning here is going to revolutionize marketing general, not just podcast marketing. And I hope that you guys are paying close attention to that. Again, I would like to also note that Jake has given two shameless plugs today, and I'm going to add an extra one to it as well. So in my next question here, it's about the tools or the tech stack to drive true B2B podcast marketing attribution. And I would like you to give us some of the best tools out there to look out for. Also, I want to pick your brain on the ABM side. People would ask, okay, ABM, we all know what ABM is. It starts with the contacts. How do we get prospects? So if you could also shed some light on that, along with some of the best tools out there for B2B attribution, for podcasting. And I'm sure what you're about to say now, even though I don't know it, it's going to shock everyone. So yeah, please go for
0: it. Yeah. So some of the top tools I'll share, and I guess I'm going to put the giant disclaimer on this. I'm in generally dissatisfied with the tech industry. It's just, it's a young industry. And so there's, honestly, the options will change. So I guess keep posted on for future recommendations. But, you know, in terms of the tech that I would recommend, definitely Listen Network is in my eyes, one of the strongest ways to do the ads. A little bias there, but I also, there's a few other options even out there at the moment. And I definitely believe we have the strongest, best targeting reporting on anyone in the space there. In terms of the analytics, there's one that I just can't even mention that exists, but I'm hoping that to like, just be rid of them soon. They were acquired by a major company and they, they went downhill on their b 2 So The issue with a lot of this tech in podcasting is that everyone builds tech for B2C. And so where we've been kind of at for the past few years is we're using B2C tools as B2B marketers. And it's not that useful and like they have all these B2C features. And so that's the caveat, it's like more than specific recommendations. It's like, make sure you're not signing up for a B2C tool when there's B2B tools out there. Some of the tools I do enjoy are cohostpodcasting.com is a great one for hosting and analytics. They're in my eyes, the strongest current player the B2B podcasting markets in terms of hosting. So definitely would recommend them as well. Casted is definitely another interesting tool that's out there in the space as well. We're developing technology in this space also, as we're kind of building into this. Another tool I really love is Voxelize. If you think about an Ahrefs or SEMrush, Voxelize is essentially a podcast SEO tool about podcasting. So it's how did your show rank in the podcast directories? And so that's a very interesting tool. So you can see, hey, what traffic do these keywords have in the directories? You know, how competitive is it for me to try to rank number one for a keyword like operations or something like that? And so Voxelize is a phenomenal tool around that as well. And in terms of other tools, there's a million ones out there in terms of content repurposing AI tools for show notes, but things like that. And those are tools that I think you can use a B2C tool for tools like Headliner or Descript are great for both B2B or B2C. There's really not any need to have a B2B specific tool in that space. It's really in your analytics and your advertising. That's where you don't want to use the B2C tools. You want something that is particular around B2B technology there. So those would be some of my recommendations with the caveat of six, 12 months from now that could all change. It's a very young, industry for technology. So it's new solutions are consistently emerging.
2: Yeah, that's great. And my advice to any marketer listening here is that you need to, again, to show attribution, you need to also show some level of foresight when you're trying to be strategic. There are different professionals in the world that first adopters, early adopters, or those who are not, if you have to measure the diffusion of innovation for some of these solutions. But at the end of the day, you know, someone told me when it comes to strategy, there is somebody that I've tried it before. So don't be nervous of being the first. For example, Jake has tried a lot of the, some of these things before. And if you try to get into some of those apps or solutions or tech stack, then a few leaders or thought leaders like Jake who can help you navigate that, if that's what you want to go into. Or if you want to just do it yourself, what I'm saying here is the act of being foresight in a brand new solution for a specific strategic problem is also something that leaders who definitely definitely enjoy, whether it's podcast marketing or any other kind of marketing. So just to put that there, I just wanted to remind you about the ABM, some tips on getting contacts, the prospects, and the better to the madness.
0: Yeah, yeah. In terms of finding, you know, ABM, it really, most of the time, I would say for most organizations, you can probably just look at your sales prospects. That's probably going to be the best way is as a marketer, go to your sales team and just say, hey, who are the accounts that we're trying to go after? And I think the more closely you can work with your sales organization, the better. There's definitely a ton of ways out there that you can go and say, hey, we're looking for heads of digital transformation at B2C e-commerce companies. That's our target customer. I want to interview them. There's definitely a lot of vendors out there, providers where you can go and say, hey, I would like a list of 50, 100 of these people that, that we can reach out to. But I think, again, if you want to tie it closest to value, it's like do the work to go connect with your sales team. And as a marketer, get into your sales CRM and say, hey, we have this category. Look, we've got this 500. These are our target accounts. We don't have any relationships with them. Our sales team has not gotten a meeting with these people yet. Okay. like That could be a target for interviews. Or maybe it's where we've seen a lot of people use this in the ABM is like with the sales team is, hey, we know we've got a 12-month, 18-month sales cycle. It's a large decision for companies. It's going to be like core infrastructure product or something like that. It's like, why don't we work with the sales team and interview people that are in the sales funnel and use that as a way to nurture and keep them warm. And so that's another angle that I just love on this is we have one of our customers. It's like a tech infrastructure for insurance companies to like manage claims and stuff. It's like, that's a very big decision for any insurance company to say, Hey, the platform we manage our claims on the core of our business we're going to switch. So like their sales cycle, at least 18 months, like it's just, it's long. It's not going to be an easy thing. It's got to be planned. It's got to be like, they have to get the budget for it, like for the upcoming year. And then it's like, they've got to make the decision and like win them over. And so at some point in that cycle, they're going to hit a thing where it's stalled and they're waiting. And they just use the podcast at that moment to say, hey, while we're all waiting to kick this off next year, how would you like us for us to interview you? And then so they'll interview them on the show. So you get that ask, you get a prep call with them to talk through the topics for the episode. You get to then interview them, build that relationship on the actual call with them. Afterwards, you can thank them. You could send them a gift if you wanted to and say, hey, thanks for being on the show. Then basically a few couple weeks later, you have the episode done. You send them an email, another touch point saying, hey, here's your episode. Here's some you know social media content you can share. And then you as a company are now going to drip content out over the next three to four months that are going to be just repurposing that episode and tagging them in pieces of content. And so if you think about that, Like you just created 10 at least touch points with that customer. And so that's where, again, if you did a perspective, that's great. But you can also use it for people that are in your sales funnel now that you're wanting to nurture, you're wanting to keep top of mind, and you're wanting to continue to build that relationship with. That's just another phenomenal way to use ABM. And so don't feel like you have to go out totally cold. You could do that for people that are in the sales process, or you could look at customers who are some of your favorite customers and you want to share their story. You want to give them exposure, bring them on the show. And it's a way for you to kind of nurture or grow and help build those relationships with existing accounts as well. So yeah, those are just be some other ways I would look at kind of finding contacts for ABM podcasting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listeners, viewers, I would typically summarize this episode in the following way. You don't want to spend a lot of money on a Lamborghini. And then after 30 days, you don't like it. You're going to feel very bad. You're going to feel very bitter. And we don't want that. So I hope that you've learned a lot with some of the things that have been discussed here. As you know, this podcast is always very actionable in terms of the guests that we talk to and sharing their experiences and sharing specifics on how you can not only grow your career, but in the case of this episode, deliver consistent, predictable, B2B podcast campaign attribution, or what I would call in my case, in general, commercial value for any business you work for, whether it's yours or somebody else's. So as we wrap this up, Jake, I just wanted to check where our marketers listening can find you if they need help executing all these great ideas that you just outlined for us.
0: Yeah, the best place would be to go to just contentallies.com. Reach out to us there. That'll be the easiest domain to remember. And from there, we can get you to any of these. We have Listen Network as well, which is our ads product. So listennetwork.co. And then as I mentioned, we are building that B2B analytics tracking right now. We're working on that. There are some solutions in the space. We're building something that I believe will be even deeper and really solve that attribution problem. So don't have domain for that, but just reach out to us at contentallies.com. That's the best place. And we'll figure out how we can support you and get you to the right tools, the right technology. And beyond this, the technology, we can help you in terms of the attribution, like how to think about how to measure your show, how to strategize your show, how to make sure it actually drives value. And I mean, when we work with our customers, we do everything in terms of giving them reports that they can like helping them build decks that they can bring to their leadership to show the value of this. So we're very deep in not just producing the show, but helping you as a B2B marketer Succeed with the show, drive value with it, and show that value to your target customers. So contentallies.com is the place to go.
2: Thank you. And with that fourth shameless plug, thanks guys for listening. See more episodes at dotslovesmarketing.com and subscribe to Marketing Leadership on Apple and Spotify. Till next episode, connect the dots.
1: Thank you for listening to the Marketing Leadership Podcast brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. There will be links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Dots Loves Marketing. If you're a business needing content promotion, podcast campaign production, or are looking to build effective B2B marketing strategies, Dots is here to offer you ultimate marketing leadership and expertise. Find out more at www.dotslovesmarketing.com.